You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. This episode of Self-Made Strategies is brought to you by CollegeCast LLC. At CollegeCast, we empower student voices by helping them to develop their personal brand through podcasting. Visit collegecastpodcasts.com to find out more and check out all of our new shows. Welcome to episode 135 of the Self-Made Strategies podcast. On this episode, we sat down with Christopher Hamsey. Christopher is a partner at T-Launch. T-Launch is a leading print-on-demand fulfillment company. What's print-on-demand, you might ask? Well, you're going to find out on this episode while we're talking to Chris. T-Launch takes your design ideas and orders and fulfills them for you from start to finish. Basically, someone orders the product on your website, T-Launch fulfills it, prints it, and creates it for you, and then ships the product and acts as a liaison in case anything goes wrong with the consumer. On this episode, we're going to talk about what print-on-demand is, how you can start a print-on-demand business yourself, why e-commerce is a great area to get into right now, and Christopher's going to share his best practices for developing an online business. Here are the self-made strategies of Christopher Hamsey. Thanks for making the time. Really, really cool. Interested in talking about T-Launch, how you got started, how you got into that. And then, of course, we'll be talking a lot about print-on-demand and how you got into that business and and why you think it's such a great business strategy from an e-commerce perspective. Um, You know, COVID-19 era, obviously, people are always looking for side hustles or new ways to diversify their skill set or to just basically add to their resume for lack of a better term, right? In uh-huh. terms of how exactly. to improve the the recession proofing and we may be headed for a recession. So um, yeah, so start at the beginning. How how and why did you start T-Launch? Yeah, so um, it's funny. I, I originally thought I'd be a lawyer. So I went to law school, passed the bar, like, like uh, so many others. And uh, even when I passed the bar, I'm like, I don't want to do this. There's no way I could. I, it was weird, like, charging per minute for your time just felt awkward. Um, so I, I never did it. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do? I had this idea for years. So basically the, the technology that powers print on demand for t- t-shirts is called uh, DTG, direct to garment. And so when we started this business seven, let's see, eight years ago, it was really in its infancy. Like it worked, but it was, uh, it was pretty rough. And so we went and thought, okay, we're just going to buy this machine. It was $250,000. Um, and said, we're going to print t-shirts for the local market. So figure out, okay, I'm just going to, hit up people I know and just print them 10, 20, 30 shirts, whatever. Um, horrible idea. <laughs> the The local market didn't understand what we did. They didn't understand the pricing model. What we did wasn't important to them because if you're ordering, let's say 24 shirts, you can have it screen printed, which is the traditional way of doing it. And it's cheaper, not that much uh, slower. Like it just didn't make any sense. So we kind of, it was crazy. We uh, almost two years of just banging our head against the wall, kept getting deeper and deeper into debt. Like at one point we had a, Seven hundred fifty thousand worth of equipment, and we couldn't make any of the payments on anything. We just like wow. Because again, in, in those days, it was like the more you equipment you have, the cheaper your cost per per unit, and eventually you'd make money. But you still have to get business. You still have to sell T-shirts, and so uh, it was it was a disaster. It was literally the uh, the worst time in my life. But I wasn't um, I was never gonna file for bankruptcy. Like that wasn't a thing. Like my dad who started a thousand businesses, he uh, filed for bankruptcy in, in 1990 and it ruined his life. Like he literally couldn't get a car loan, couldn't get a house loan. So I was going to do whatever it took not to, not to do that. 
Uh, luckily, we kind of I stumbled into this world of Facebook ads uh, and Teespring. So basically, all these guys were selling T-shirts on Teespring. You know, I love my grandma. I love my pug. Just very simplistic, uh, ugly shirts. Like it was crazy back in those days. You didn't have to think about the design. It's basically like nobody is focused on, you know, Pomeranians or uh, crossing guards or whatever <laughs> long tail keywords you could think of got turned into a shirt. And we uh, took all the money we could scrape together, which was like $38,000. We made an app for Shopify. So at this point, this would have been, uh, let's see, so six years, 2013. Uh, there was only two in the app store before us. So Printful and Printify. It was kind of a, it was a new thing. It was something that, but people knew they wanted it. Uh, and the rest is kind of history. It just took off like crazy. The first, let's see, August. So six years ago, August 4th, um, we did... Uh, first day, nothing. Second day, maybe five shirts, 10 shirts, 20 shirts, 100 shirts, 1,000 shirts. And by the end of the year, we did over $2 million. And so it's just, it's a really wow. kind of a, In a crazy ride. Cause yeah, just because, I mean, they really, I mean, so I've been through a lot of businesses in my life, me and my father. And, you know, that this one should have died. Like it really should have died. But we just, uh, you know, I was on Facebook one day and kind of saw the, uh, saw the kind of fever pitch of people trying to, use uh, tea, uh, Teespring at that point, but just basically selling, using Facebook ads. Because this, before this, there was no way to ever know what somebody liked. You know, before it was all, you know, what are they searching for on Google? You know, if they're typing, you know, pug t-shirt, obviously you can target them, but no one is searching for that stuff because they didn't know it existed. So yeah, that's right. pretty crazy. That's really interesting. So how do you develop that SEO strategy, which then is a completely different ball game, right? But how do you develop that SEO strategy at that time when people don't even know what they're looking for? Yeah, it was crazy. So they kind of, um, luckily Facebook at that time was publishing interests, like the list of them. And so people just didn't even know what was good or bad. They just ra ran them all, you know? So if, you know, at that point it was it was a bit more, um, wasn't as specific, but you know, say like nurse, you go and say, okay, I'm gonna go to audience insights, see how many people say they're nurses. And you can kind of just build these audiences to see how big, but at, to be honest, at the at the beginning, people were running, you know, hundreds of tests per day. Like I say, okay, I'm just going to run the dictionary and look at all the professions and make a design for every shirt. Because again, it's a simple text-based design and just pop out the name. And in the early, early days, and obviously now it's not not okay, but you could, um, you know how Facebook used to have um, your email address was like first out last name? They would scrape email addresses and then you could figure out who's and build a custom audience and go after someone's last name. And we did a ton of that. Basically, birth years, last names, like there was in the early, early days, there was the Wild West. You could do whatever you wanted. But, um, <laughs> there's some really fun stuff that you could. I mean, I remember we used to, we didn't even like print them to order. We just batch print. Like I was, you know, cool people were born in 1960. We just print up a hundred of them wow. and we have a whole pile. And we just, it was, just, it was nuts. Yeah, wow. It was crazy. Amazing. Amazing. So what is, for those who are listening that don't know, what is print on demand? So print on demand is, is so in a usual um, store manufacturing context, you have to kind of pre-purchase inventory, keep it in a warehouse or in your house. And as somebody orders it, you, you ship it to the customer. In our model, everything is made when the customer orders it. So instead of us having to say, hey, I'm going to stock 10,000 designs in this warehouse in seven sizes and 10 colors, I just stock blank shirts. And then order comes in. I put, you know, world's best grandma and a black large gildan, ship it to the customer. So it provided this ability where before you had to have some working capital, 
to start a business because there's no you guys had to you had to buy this you mean i mean some people you know would sell it first and then figure out how to buy it later but uh there was this barrier to entry and now literally there's nothing you could start today and if you don't if they have an, a built-in audience you know say you're an influencer or even just friends and family you can start with nothing and start selling stuff today you That's know amazing. versus before where it had this amazing. and then you think about the idea of like ordering a bunch of stuff some stuff doesn't sell you got to discount it you got to do all this stuff with it where now it's there's the efficiency is insane like you just come with a different design you know you don't need to have anything there's no you know exactly what your profit is because you know this thing cost me x i sell it for y that's my profit versus trying to average you know all the stuff that doesn't sell and then uh, just yeah it's, it's it's a really powerful uh thing that i think people a lot of people that either they don't know what it is or they know what it is but they have the wrong opinion of it because you're thinking like 10 years ago when it was garbage and now it's gotten so sophisticated like we do from you know, t-shirts to mugs, to canvas, to headphones, like anything you can think of now, there is a printing process that will achieve it on demand. Amazing. Amazing. It's incredible. I mean, the technology has facilitated to your point, things in such a way, you know, you can design your own website now, even if you don't want to design your own website, you can find people on Fiverr that can do it for you way cheaper than a traditional web development company. It's those kinds of things, those kinds of disruptions that allow for the democratization of being able to dip your toe into these businesses as side hustles and seeing if you could ramp something up, right? Yeah, exactly. And we've seen that's what's really, I mean, last year was the uh, was the year of the side hustle and we saw thousands of new customers. And it's so fun because obviously if it's, you know, a savvy marketer, it's your full-time business, you know, they're, they're a good customer, but there's nothing like somebody who's never, doesn't know what print demand is, isn't a designer, never sold a thing ever and now that so for example my mother retired from teaching two years ago and didn't know what she's going to do uh we at the at the time she retired we made etsy integration and so she said i'll just try it and so she was really uh good at figuring out long tail keywords so she would do uh tumblers based on professions but it was like crossing guards and track coach and stuff that nobody was doing and her first year she sold forty-seven thousand dollars worth of stuff wow never sold a single thing in her entire life never open Photoshop, never even, even though I'm her son, she's never used our service before that day. And even like today, she's, a, we just got the phone with her. She's obsessed with trying to figure out these, the Etsy SEO algorithm to, to sell more stuff. So yeah. Hey everyone, this is Tony, host of the Self-Made Strategies podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our show. As you know, you can catch Self-Made Strategies every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, or by going to selfmadestrategies.com. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like or leave a review, and please share an episode with a friend if you think they'll enjoy it. Thanks again, back to the show. So to that end, you know, a lot of people do think about this thing, but e-commerce that is, but a lot of times, a lot of people think about e-commerce and they say to themselves, ah, that's really too difficult, or "I'm, I'm not a technical person, or those kinds of things. Can you speak to how difficult it would be for somebody like your mom, for example, to get into an e-commerce business like this? It is. And it's funny you ask, because this is our our push for this year is trying to explain to to normal people how easy it is, you know, because, again, there's a lot of hangups of like, I wouldn't know. So the first question I always get is, how would I find people to sell to? And you would be surprised at how many people, you know, are buying this type of stuff. So, for example, think about. 
uh, a church um, youth group, you know, they're buying shirts for their, their trip. You're thinking about your kid's soccer team. They're buying shirts. You're thinking your work is buying, you know, tumblers and hats. And like, it's once you like open yourself up to the world around you, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at how much, um, how much is out there. You know, like most of our, in our production area, the guys who make the t-shirts, I would say the average employee who tries can sell 10 to 15 shirts a month just to people they know, you know, we had one uh, girl, she sold 180 shirts to some festival, some local festival, one sold 15 to her church. Like it is. And that's what I tell people do not, do not spend money on Facebook ads right away. Like a lot of people think that's the only way to make sales and they go and blow all of their working capital on Facebook ads. And then they give up. I would say, you know what? First thing is, first of all, T-Launch is free. So I'm not, you don't have to pay anything there. Uh, there's a lot of free tools out there. You know, Canva's one. Um, Photoshop, even even though it's 30 bucks a month, is pretty economical. And there's so many resources out there, different files you can kind of start with. Or even like I said, just text. Anybody can, you know, type, you know, words into a, uh, onto a screen. And it's, it is quite insane how much is out there and how people, if, they're, right. if they have the right expectations, yeah. you know, I want to, so I tell people that our new kind of marketing pitches, I'll show you how to make 300 bucks. Because I think most people, if they really thought through like, okay, like in our app, we have uh, holiday cards. And probably most, uh, say most uh, women who have kids, they're buying holiday cards, uh, canvases, calendars, all this stuff every year, because that's just what you do around the holidays. Now, all you got to do is convince all your friends to buy it from you and your store versus Shutterfly, Snapfish. So like, it's, it's a pretty, it's a powerful thing if you really understand how to, how to use it right and have the right expectations. So T-Launch is really, for those who are listening that that maybe haven't put their hands on it just yet, is really almost like a Shopify for setting up your own print-on-demand business. Yeah, so you still need, um, obviously, the uh, the cart. You know, so either using Shopify or Etsy. Or even now, we're working on a, since now Facebook um, has their own kind of checkout built into Facebook commerce, uh, you don't even need Shopify. So there's, and it, I can see in the future, man, there's going to be, so many other ways to transact business beyond a traditional right. kind of cart. Right. Uh, but yeah, we're basically hooked into all these different things. Even let's say you don't want to have a store. You just want to solicit orders from your friends uh, and your family. You can just use the app directly. You don't even have to have a store. So that's what I tell most people, you know what, make a design, share it to your friends. Um, and then just collect orders. Cause it's, it's, it's um, yeah, it's pretty amazing when you find, cause I've had the same experience with my family members where they kind of just think through who's and it's, um, what people are already buying. And again, the prices that we're charging there, I mean, you can easily double your money to your friends and family. That's what they would have paid anywhere. It's not like you have to, a normal thing where let's say it's a kind of an MLM or something where you're selling something that's very overpriced. Uh, it's really reasonable. So for example, like a regular Gildan t-shirt, we charge $8 and 50 cents. So like you can't go to Walmart and get a shirt for under, under 10 bucks, you know? So you can easily take that, say now it's a $15 shirt, you know, sell it to your church group. Like there's just, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities out there if you really keep your eyes open. And so how does the revenue structure work, if you don't mind, from from the perspective of T-Launch for someone who's starting a print-on-demand business? What's what's the percentage that you typically take? Obviously, you're doing the heavy lifting on the manufacturing end. Is that correct? And then they're just collecting the orders and kind of drop shipping them through T-Launch, correct? Yeah, we just have a, we have a wholesale cost for every product. So there's a wholesale cost and there's a flat rate shipping. So it's real, it's real easy. It's not like other systems where they, you know, take a percentage of your sales. Uh, it's just, we have a cost and you pay that cost. So it's, it's really, really simple. 
Cool. That's awesome. That's really cool business model, both for you as an entrepreneur in the way that you've developed this. I think it's really smart that you've put yourself in the position to cover a pain point for other would-be side hustler entrepreneur or entrepreneurial type of people who are interested in, say, getting into this. What's your target demographic? Who are you typically going after when you're looking at um, marketing this? Do you focus mainly? Because, for example, when I when I was in undergrad, obviously, a lot of the entrepreneurship students at almost any university's undergrad dip their toe into screen printing at some point, right? Yeah. Selling hawking T-shirts. Mm-hmm. That's it's kind of one of the common businesses that a lot of entrepreneurs start because to your point, there's a lot of simplicity and ease in, in terms of the business model. It's well-established. You're not reinventing the wheel. So is that typically your target audience or is it uh, people who are looking for more, um, you know, uh, uh, Gen Xers or something along those lines? Who's, who's your target yeah, audience? But it's, it's, really, uh, it's really morphed over the years. I mean, early on, we really focused on established internet marketers um, who already know what print demand is. Um, and then we just kind of get them hooked on some of the unique products that we sell. We've really shifted to the uh, the normal person because it is so gratifying to see somebody who, because again, like to most people, 300 bucks a month would be a tremendous amount of money. And it's a very achievable goal. And so now we're Absolutely. really focused on, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, stay-at-home moms or retired people, college kids, like anybody who out there who would, with their uh, goal is to make 300 bucks, you'd have to go you know, drive for DoorDash or do some like crazy stuff that, um, although it works, uh, it's, it's, a, it's kind of limiting on their lifestyle versus what sure. we're offering. Sure. You can do it from anywhere, anytime. You don't have to go anywhere. Like it's a real unique opportunity. So yeah, our new market is really focused on, but we have all types of customers. You don't have, you know, super huge companies that, you know, do millions of dollars. And, but we really like the, uh, the small guy cause they just, they're, they're, they're super loyal. They're super passionate. And it's just fun to see somebody who had the, idea, you know, had the, uh, the spirit and we made it happen, you know? Very, very cool. So beyond shirts though, you also do mugs. You also do a bunch of other stuff, uh, things ancillary to they're within the sphere of print on demand, but they're not t-shirts. How do you effectively do all of that at a high level? Yeah. So we, our model is a, is a hybrid. So we have our own production. So we have a facility in, uh, in Utah and South Dakota. And then we also have a network of, of partners that we work with. So there's certain things that are so unique, we can never know how to do it. So for example, in our, in our app, we have plates and platters and bowls. You know, it's a patented product with by a guy out of, out of Chicago. So we kind of made a decision early on if we'd rather give them more options than just things that we can make ourselves. Because a lot of our competitors, they, they only stick with things they can make, which kind of really limits what they can do. Uh, versus us, I'm like, we'll do anything. Like we're working on one right now where it's basically a guy that does all sorts of sports ball. So tennis balls, basketball, whatever. There's like 31 different types of balls. And so it's like, again, we could never, or we could, but obviously it's easier just, if we find someone who's good at, good at it and already doing it, we just hook into them. So it's kind of a, it's a mix, you know, cause we have, I mean, I mean, it's crazy rugs to uh blanket wow. to like, just, I mean, things you would never think. Cause again, when we first started eight years ago, these things were not possible because people really had a very narrow view on what, what is print on demand. You know, people, that's why we say print on demand. Oh, you mean t-shirts? I'm like, T-shirts used to be 100% of our business. <laughs> it's less than 40% right now because wow. that is not, um, that's not exciting to us. You know, that's not easy to sell because, again, it's, it's a commodity. Now, I mean, I, I go through my head of figuring out from all of our competitors, plus merch by Amazon, plus all red bubble size six. I mean, there are hundreds of millions of shirts sold every year, you know, and it's just, it's hard to get 
somebody like intrigued with that. But if you're selling, you know, rugs and pint glasses and like that stuff is intriguing and it's, um, it's stuff that you wouldn't see every day and it's just easier to sell. So very cool. Very, very cool. All right. So when, when we touched on this a little bit earlier, you were talking about how you wouldn't, for example, invest a lot of your cash in Facebook ads, which I agree with you. I think is a mistake that people make frequently going into online businesses. They think I'm going to go into online business. I'm just going to go advertise on Facebook and Instagram and whatever and spend X amount per month and just pick demographics and, and regions and stuff like that. And that'll get the word out. But if you don't have a strong strategy, obviously going into that, you're just wasting your money, which I think is what your, your point is. So what would you say to someone who's considering getting into this space what should they be doing from a best practices perspective to market themselves effectively online? Yeah, so first off, you have to understand the print-on-demand business model and your customers first. And, you, and, and although I've seen a lot of guys that were very successful just picking random niches out of a hat, um, most people aren't that lucky, you know? And I've seen way more people lose, you know, thousands of dollars targeting nurses when they've never been a nurse, they don't know a nurse. Like, it's right. just, it is, I think right. before Facebook right. was cheap enough and, um, the competition wasn't as high, you can make it work. There's no way now just to pick a niche with a fresh pixel and making money. So what I say is, is Facebook always has its place. And, and obviously uh, retargeting certain things that I think is better than just random ads, but uh, learn the business first. So I, what I say is start, start understanding what print demand is, make a real brand. Cause that's one thing too I've seen over the years is had a lot of competitive uh, customers come and go because they never built a strong brand, you know, always sold, you know, one guy got last year sold twenty million dollars worth of shirts, and this year he's out of business because basically um, he wasn't building a brand. It was so dependent on Facebook. If Facebook, like it is now, they're a little bit more finicky in who they work with and who they show traffic to and how the conversions work, and you're done. But if you build a real brand and you can use your email list, your SMS list, um, you're just gonna you're gonna survive a lot right. easier right. than other people. So I'd say learn, understand print demand first, understand and build your brand second, and then start going into the Facebook. Interesting. Interesting advice. Okay. So to that end, continuing on with that theme, what advice would you be giving to someone who's considering doing an e-commerce business? You know, just say someone who's never owned a business before they're thinking about going into e-commerce, much like your mom, what advice would you give to that individual? Yeah. So first I've always hit up your, your, your network first. Like I think people sometimes almost feel strange hitting up their friends and family. Um, and you shouldn't because they're the ones who support you, love you, like want to help you. Um, and they're going to be the most honest with you too. So a lot of times if you're just running ads, uh, people aren't going to you know post that they don't like the product or the price or whatever. But if you're marketing or, or using a kind of a test market of people, you know, um, they're going to be much more honest and give you good feedback. Also, I think you, like, people don't like the things that you're passionate about. You're going to have a better, easier time selling. Like if you love fishing, you're out the lake every single weekend, like, you're going to understand that type of customer. You're going to understand what they want, how to reach them. Uh, and I feel like people almost like, I don't know what it is. They feel like their hobbies aren't real businesses. And so they don't tap into them. And I think that's ridiculous because whatever you're passionate about, it's going to show in what you, in what you do uh, and what you try to sell. So first of all, just, you know, really uh, try to sell something you're passionate about. Go use your friends and family as your network and then really study it. Cause I think a lot of times people, they don't treat it like a business early on. They're not running A-B tests. They're not like really trying to understand. They're just trying to, and, and you can just do it casually too. I guess it's not, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But um, the more you understand why people are buying and then also test things out. Like I got a customer who always sold his shirts at 
X price for years, never tried to sell it for any more, and slowly just started running tests of dollar more, two dollars more, three dollars more. It's still sold, like you know. And then what you see, like what the difference between the conversion rate versus the uh, you know cost per acquisition, like most of the time, uh, selling something for more, um, it, it works out more often than you think, you know. Yeah. Or right. you know, just different strategies where they're just not. Um, you just got to always be kind of in the numbers, you know, really understanding your customers, average order value. There's just a whole bunch of things where it gets and it gets fun. Like it, it's the most addictive video game you'll ever play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it really is. If you if you have that competitive spirit, getting involved in entrepreneurship and business development really is an exciting game, right? Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Christopher, thank you so much. This was a really cool uh, an interesting service that you're providing to people, I think is really, really neat. Tlaunch.com. Of course, we'll post the link down in the show notes. Thanks again for being on the show. If people want to reach out or, or check out what you're up to, what's the best way to find you? Yeah. So LinkedIn, uh, just for Chris Hamsey, or you can uh, send me an email at Christopher at Tlaunch.com. Awesome. Chris, thanks very much. Have a good one. All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. See ya.